Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of Stronger Self Radio. In these episodes, me and other influencers from around the world will help bring you inspiring and insightful content in the topics of fitness, business, lifestyle, mental health, and personal development to help ignite your passion for creating a better world and living your best life. I'm your host, Caleb Spiro, and let's find out what makes you into your most powerful, empowered, and strongest self. When I was younger, I just didn't really fit in as well with um, the other girls in my class. I grew up in a really small town. Um, everybody knew everybody's business. And you know, our group of friends was not very big. Your circle was pretty small. And I was just such a tomboy. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, like out in the woods. And my neighbors were boys. And I was always out getting muddy and dirty and playing outside. And and I just wasn't into like cheerleading and Barbies and all that kind of stuff. And so when I went to school, um, I stood out because all the other girls did care about that stuff. You know, they were into the typical girly things and I wasn't. And I wore boy clothes and I didn't really care about what I looked like. And I just kind of did whatever I wanted. And I got told really quickly at a pretty young age that that wasn't right. By the time I was in junior high school, so probably like fifth grade, I was targeted for being different. You know, people would pick on me and make fun of me. I was must I had a pretty muscular build for a kid. And so I'd get picked on for my muscles. I'd get picked on for, you know, not dressing super girly and not being a cheerleader. And I was always just so caring and nice to everybody. And people knew that so they could take advantage of me. Mm. And I got walked all over. And, um, but to me, I didn't care because I just wanted to make people happy. I wanted to please them. And a lot of times I was the source of laughter for them. And in a way I like would tell myself, Oh, well, I'm making them smile. I'm making them laugh. Like, even though they're picking on me and it hurts my feelings, they're, you know, getting some sort of enjoyment out of it. So it's okay. And I would just deal with it. I struggled with a lot of bullying in junior high, just from those kind of things, just from being different. And then I think subconsciously, it kind of pushed me to change. And I started to dress more girly. I started to wear makeup. I started to get into more like girly things. And I think I was seeking acceptance because, you know, after a while, it's going to eat at you. And when you have a group of friends, but you're the outcast, nobody wants that. And so I was kind of trying to do whatever I could to, to get people to enjoy me and to, to want to be around me and just stop picking on me. I didn't want that kind of attention. And so as I changed, um, it was weird because I, I didn't get much relief. I still got picked on. It was like, no matter what I did, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't good enough. It was, I wasn't good enough when I was a tomboy. And then when I was a girly girl and started caring about what I looked like and all that kind of stuff, I wasn't good enough either. And I started getting, um, more attention as I went into high school, because at that point, you know, I was never big. I was like a very fit kid. I was always into sports and stuff, but I was a little thicker. And, um, when I got into high school, I started running a lot and I lost like 15 pounds and I started looking leaner. And then I started getting attention because I looked fit. I was more feminine at that point. I'd gone through puberty and all that. Um, and I started to kind of figure out the whole girly thing. And, but then again, you know, I, I started bringing attention to myself in a different way this time where I was like looking really good and really healthy. 
And so people got jealous of me and I would get picked on for being fit and, oh, she's the crazy runner. Oh, she's the weirdo that eats healthy. And um, then it kind of went on the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, I was in shape and I was fit and I was cute and all these things and the older boys liked me. And, and then that's when I started getting made fun of for that. And, um, I think it just really ate at me, you know, over the years, I was always trying to change and become this person that I thought everybody wanted me to be. And I could never figure it out. And I was really lonely and really struggling with just trying to fit in. And it put me in the, a depression. And so by the time I was 16, I was put on antidepressants. I struggled a lot with things in my home life. I didn't, I didn't have a very good upbringing either. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of stress there and I just didn't really have anywhere to turn. I felt like there was a lot of, um, instability in my life and I really sought out control. And so my way of getting control was by controlling my food and controlling my exercise and almost to the point where it was, it completely consumed my life. And so I ended up developing an eating disorder, an exercise disorder. I dropped a lot more weight. I was under a hundred pounds and I'm almost five, six. So I was really small yeah. and I trained hours upon hours every day. I worked three jobs. I never ate very much food. It just became this really bad situation really quickly. And again, growing up in a really small town, people noticed really fast. And so then again, negative attention. I got picked on for that. People, the teachers would call me out in class and tell me to go eat a cheeseburger. Oh they would God. grab those. Yeah. And they would grab those insure drinks. Um, they're like these like milkshake looking drink things. And they would bring them to class and they would make me drink them in front of all the students to prove that I was eating. That is, and that is so terrible. Oh, it was awful. And I remember, yeah, it was awful. And I remember my Spanish teacher would pick on me all the time. She would walk down the hallway and like throw candy at me or like tell me she, she gave me bones. So she'd call me bones in Spanish and it was just, it was really rough. Um, my counselor would call me into the office and make me eat in front of her for my lunch during lunchtime. And I mean, I was eating, I was actually eating a lot of food throughout the day. I just wasn't eating enough for how much I was training, but, um, I just, it was like constantly, I was just getting picked on or bullied or something for my weight. And so, um, I was walking down the hallway one day crying my eyes out. I mean, like I didn't even want to see anybody. I didn't fit in my clothes anymore. I was so small. Like I knew everyone was staring at me. And I walked past one of my instructors and um, he was our driver's ed teacher. And he goes, Ashley. And he pulls me in his office and he goes, are you happy? And I just looked at him and I just started bawling even more. And he goes, all that matters is that you're happy and you need to do whatever you need to do to get happy again, because this is not you. Yeah. And I just kind of looked at him and I just remember it was just kind of like the light bulb went off. I was like, you know what? I have spent so many years worrying about everybody else and trying to make everybody else happy and not myself. I was so concerned with everyone else that I was not focusing on what made me happy. And 
it was kind of like hearing that just really validated that it was time. Like it was time for me to stop worrying about everybody else and what they thought about me and to just do whatever I had to do to get in a better space. And for me to do that, it meant getting away from everybody. I had to get away from those people that were so toxic for me for like my whole life, basically. And luckily at that point, I was 17. I was a junior, I think, in high school. Yeah. And I figured out, I went immediately, actually, after I talked to him, I went immediately to my counseling office and um, I was like, how can I graduate early? How can I get out of here? What do I need to do? And I made a game plan to graduate high school early so that I could leave and just get out of there. And so I graduated a whole semester early from high school and got as far away from those people as I could and went to a community college. And I just remember telling myself, I am just done with these people. I need to just step away and cut them out. And, you know, looking back, it was a little harsh, but Sometimes you have to do what you got to do. And I had been walked all over for so long. I and think what's harsh making- is, them, is them bullying you and being in an environment where you didn't feel safe and comfortable to be someone who you can find love for yourself. I think that that's harsh. And I think what's not harsh is I actually, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I think you're lending yourself so much compassion and self-love by being able to make that hard choice. That's a hard choice to make. Yeah. Yeah. And it was because I love school. I love school. I love learning. It's like, I'm always, (laughs) if you follow me, like, you know, I'm always trying to learn new stuff. Like, it's just something that I really am passionate about. And so it was super hard for me to like leave the school and leave all the people that I grew up with and all my teachers. But I was just so bitter at that point. Like I was just done and I was emotionally just drained and disconnected and didn't even want to be there. And it was super hard because I knew I was going to get picked on again for leaving. But um, just cutting those people off was honestly the best thing I've ever done. And like looking back, I'm so proud of myself because I don't think a lot of people would have done it. But I did. And I know, you know, I got a little bit of hate for it. And I lost some friends. But in the end, it really validated who was and wasn't by my side. You know, I have probably one best friend still from that time period. And she's an amazing human and we're still very close. And during that time, she wasn't really there for me and she knows it. And we've recovered our friendship and it's, you know, it was a learning lesson for us both. But all of those other people, those were not people that were worth my time anyway. You know, they only dragged me down. And I think this relates to a lot of things in life. You know, we are constantly around people and we don't realize that it's a choice. Like it is a choice to be around those people. It is a choice to stay around those people. And it is a choice to put your energy into those people too. And I just was done with all of the negativity. And I knew that I was giving all of myself to these people and getting nothing in return. So I was, I just had to take extreme measures. Yeah, no, I mean, and I mean, I don't see it as, as being as extreme, at least for me, I I see it as something that was very necessary for you to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it it sounds like it, it worked out eventually. I think one thing that really stuck out about that story was that I think it was a teacher that you said, who basically said, just sat down with you and got really real and asked, like, are you happy? You know, like, and and genuinely cared. And it was the moment when Mm -hmm. someone genuinely cared about how you were that it gave you an opportunity to really ask yourself and give yourself permission and asking, you know, giving yourself to care about yourself and to ask how you're doing. And and that's 
powerful. And even beyond that, I mean, it's so many things happened by asking that question, right? Because I think it also symbolizes that he believes in you of some sort and that he he's an advocate for you. And I think when you're just a kid um, and even as an adult, like when, you know, you, you, we need people in our lives that can advocate for ourselves. And when I think back to my own experience, it's very, it's so weird because I had one teacher who I had who saw something in me and he believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself. And that was massive. And I don't think, you know, I, I do think I am a pretty positive thinker and I was, you know, I think that there are things just about who I am that have always been that way. And I'm very blessed to have those gifts, I would call them. But I don't think I would have really made it out of that shit situation if I didn't have someone there. And what I think is really beautiful, Ashley, about what you're doing right now is that you're able to inspire so many people. It's kind of weird. Like you're on the other side of um, being that, playing that role in someone else's life. And you may not even know it, but you are. and that's a pretty, I think that that's probably one of the most beautiful things to witness and, and, and experience in my opinion. I never thought of that before, but it, yeah, it's true. And it, I, I forget how pivotal that moment was when I talked to that teacher until you just mentioned that it's like, wow, if they never even spoke to me, like what would have happened, you know? So it, it really does go to show it's a great reminder that, you know, just caring for people and knowing when you need to speak up and help them, it can literally change their life. Like that teacher changed my life. Yeah, I know. It's, hmm. it's, it's something that I wasn't really well aware of until years and years later after, after it happened, it happened when I was like 15 and, uh, you know, and I, I'm still in touch with him actually. And I, um, he follows me on Instagram and, you know, I have his number and I, I text him sometimes. Like he's become more of a teacher and more of a mentor. He's literally like, I consider him like a friend. I, I, I don't even know what, what to label it at this point. Some people might say that's kind of weird, but I mean, this guy, I think he saved my life in a lot of ways. So I'm going mm -hmm. down a really bad path and, you know, it's not just him. It was a lot of other things, but, but that's what I'm trying to say is that like, I don't think that, I think that people need help and need someone to advocate for them in the beginning, especially when you're in a position where you just struggle so hard to believe in yourself. And when you were talking about the post, you said that it's basically taking you years. Like, I think you said almost 10 to really believe that you're enough. I think you were referencing the scale, but I would also translate this to just many things. No matter what the scale says, you said whether I'm thin, thick, or somewhere between, it is hard to not place my worth in my image. How were you able to sort of find that love for yourself over time? Well, it's been a really long journey. As I kind of mentioned in that post, I mean, it's still to this day, I still struggle with it at times. But I think since it all started, like it rooted when I was in school where I was, you know, I was a little bit thick, thicker. I wasn't as feminine looking and I got picked on for that. And then when I got fit, I got picked on for being fit. And then when I got really skinny, I got picked on for being really skinny. Yeah. So it even though it was about me, I thought anyway, at the time, I thought it was me not being enough. A lot of it was around my image because, you know, kids are shallow and they just find the easiest thing that they can pick on you for. And oftentimes it's what they see. And so since I looked different, I got picked on for it. And then 
as I grew older, I guess I subconsciously kind of put my value of myself in my image and where my weight was. Because, you know, if I was too skinny, then I wasn't enough. If I was fit, I wasn't enough. If I was bigger, I wasn't enough. And so it was a lose-lose battle. Like no matter where I was weight-wise, I was always losing. Yeah kind of realizing that no matter what you weigh, no matter what you look like, no matter what, you know, your body image shows, there's always going to be someone that isn't happy. There's always going to be someone that like picks on you or doesn't want that body or says something negative to you about it. And you're not going to please everyone and that's okay. And I think once I got over the fact that like my image is only one part of me, it's literally just like my body's just the vessel and who I am is everything inside. You can judge me now off how I look and it will not phase me. But if you judge me or I guess like say something negative about me on my character, that eats at me so much more than my body. Like if someone told me, oh, you're thick or, oh, I don't really like how you look or something, I wouldn't even care. But if someone said, oh, you're not a nice person, I don't like your personality. Those kind of things absolutely just destroy me inside. And so when I started realizing like what really mattered to me and what actually is making the difference in people's lives and what is actually helping me be a a better person, that was how I was able to break free from it. And I don't think it ever took, you know, what there wasn't one specific day where I just was like, cool, I'm over the scale thing. Like that's not a big deal because I think I'll always, you know, women, especially like we'll always worry a little bit about our image. And we, we definitely are very hard on ourselves and we want to like uphold a certain image, but I don't place my value in that anymore because your image can change so fast. I could hurt myself tomorrow and lose all my muscle. I could, you know, suddenly become a marathon runner and get really thin. I could become a power lifter and gain 20 pounds of muscle. And that's not going to change who I am. That just changes my image. Like what I look like. Yeah, And that changes absolutely nothing about me. And if it changes my friends and if it changes the people that like me, follow me, whatever, then those are superficial people that, again, I don't need in my life. I've cut them out before and I can do it again. Yeah. No, I think, and I think that's very brave. And I think that that's cool that you have developed that confidence. And it sounds like that from your experiences of what you had to do to get out of bullying, that that adverse experience taught you lessons that now you can apply to other struggles of your life, which is pretty crazy. It sounds like that a lot of what was your therapy was sort of expanding your concept of yourself to be outside of just your physique. So it sounds like when you were saying things, it was talking about a lot of innate qualities and, you know, what you said in the beginning of the podcast about, you know, being compassionate towards other people and, uh, and like being hardworking and resilient. Like those are things that, you know, that you give yourself that you can develop and a lot harder to take away than your physique. Right. And, and it's, and it's maybe it's harder to recognize when someone just looks first glance at you, but it's something that you can also deeply know about yourself. And I think when you can expand, like you, like I said earlier, that concept of yourself outside of your physique, that's where, you can, I feel like, start developing a healthier relationship with yourself because it's not all stacked on uh, a, you know, slabs of muscle and biology on your body. Um, that's that lays on an outside layer. That's the way I like to think of it. So that's really cool. So thank you for 
being honest and open about that experience. You said in one of your posts that your goal in basically 2017 was starting out, it was sort of like, like let's just get lean for summer. Along the way, it seemed like it, you kind of changed your focus on improving your overall health, I guess. Kind of curious, what ended up happening during last year that kind of led you to shift your focus about how you approach fitness and your diet and your lifestyle, I should say, since it's a big part of it. Like, was there a pivotal moment in particular where you said, like, I need to change? Or was it sort of like a slow, gradual thing? Wow. Okay. So my health journey has definitely made a big shift in the last year. Last year, specifically, my goal was to just get leaner, get get back into a good level of fitness where I felt confident in myself. Beginning of the year, I had, I just hadn't been as motivated in the gym and I lost a little bit of muscle and I wasn't eating the right amount of nutrition that I needed. And so my body just wasn't in its ideal place. And so I went on like a little cutting journey and saw really fast results. And within like eight or 10 weeks, I looked really good. I was really happy. But then things kind of made a shift towards the end of last year. Uh, well, maybe towards like the fall. So probably about September of last year, I started noticing some weird things were happening with my body. I was eating so much food. I was eating almost 2,600 calories a day. I wasn't training that hard at all. I have a sedentary job, so I'm not, you know, expending a lot of energy throughout the day, but I was losing weight. And I was noticing that my nails were really thin and my skin didn't look that great and my hair wasn't really growing. And I was like, huh, I feel like my body's not absorbing my nutrients anymore. And so that's when I started kind of diving into my digestive health, which I've had digestive issues my whole life. Diagnosed with IBS in high school. I was on medication for it. I had acid reflux chronically, but I just never really put the two together. I just didn't really think that much about it. But then when this started happening, I realized, okay, I think I need to stop, you know, what I'm doing here and really kind of figure out what's going on internally. And from there, I just opened up this whole new world and focused everything on just my overall health. I no longer cared about what my body looked like. I no longer cared about my macros or, you know, how lean I was because to me, knowing as much information that I do, because I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition digestive health is the core of your being. So if your digestion is not working properly, then you are susceptible to so many problems like autoimmune diseases, cancer, you know, bone loss, all these kind of things. And so um, I really took it seriously. And I started working with a few other people and just diving in to try to get more answers and experimenting with a lot of things. I tried keto, I tried fasting, I tried bone broth, like cleanses, like all these weird things that you would never think that I would do just because I'm always like pretty against that kind of stuff, I feel like. Yeah. But I was just kind of desperate to figure out what was going on. I was diving into trying to like figure all this out. And I just decided I was going to get off my medications that I was on for my digestive issues. I was going to just try to like let my body heal on its own. And including going off all my medication meant that I was going off of birth control, which I had been on for almost 10 years. And I didn't really think that it was a big deal. You know, I'd been on this pill for so long and it was just kind of like, it was just like drinking water. It was just like a habit. You know, I just did it every day and didn't think twice. Yeah. 
Um, but when I stopped birth control, my body literally like it just went crazy for like two months. And from there, I've been spending this whole year of 2018 really focusing on getting my body back into a good balance because I was a bodybuilder for a few years. I did have obviously a passive restrictive eating and and overtraining and all those kind of things, which are really hard on your body. I didn't ever think that I had a lot of issues going on with myself until one, when I was eating all of that food and losing weight. And then two, when I went off all my medications and started realizing, oh, wow, I have hormone problems too that I never knew I had. Because when you're taking something like birth control, where you're getting that hormone every day from a pill, your body's going to seem like it's fine because it's getting those hormones in from a pill. But when your body has to do it on its own, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Yeah. No. And thank you for talking about that. And I love that on social media, you're just such an advocate for hormonal health because I think it's something that is very stigmatized and it's definitely an epidemic. I feel like in, 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 um, a lot of cases and this, I mean, especially for women, but even, but men too, as well. I always wonder about that with men because you know, a lot of women don't speak about this either. And I'm just, I've always been a very honest person. So it's just super easy for me to talk about anything. You could ask me anything and I will talk about it. And I just don't care. Like, I'm just going to be an open book because I know somewhere I'm helping someone. And so when I started talking about going off birth control and my hormone stuff, it's obviously kind of a, like you said, like a taboo topic and it's just kind of a weird thing to talk about at times but it only it's only weird if you let it be and to me like your hormones are a huge part of your health anyway so if i'm going to talk about advocating your health and being your healthiest self then it just needs to be part of the conversation you know it's been so awesome talking about it and going through this struggle right now because i still have a lot of hormonal issues it's going to take a long time till i'm in a better place but I'm okay with it because I cannot tell you how amazing it feels to talk to girls every single day that are improving their own health because of me just talking about it and they're realizing that they have problems too, or they're getting off of birth control and trying to get their body back into a better place. And I mean, I will never hate on birth control. I think there's a time and place for it. But I also think, like you said, it's becoming an epidemic where people have hormonal problems. And for women on the women's side of things, it's because we're taking these pills for so long that our body just shuts off and doesn't know how to make hormones on their own. Yeah. I mean, that's and, just like, that's just like medication. I mean, I know it depends what level of dosage, especially, but one problem, I know a problem with like medication, for example, like antidepressants or like antipsychotics or just whatever you're taking, right. It's, or a person is taking, I should say is like, oftentimes if, when you take it for a really, really long time, one of the you, what you really don't want to do is you don't just want to stop suddenly taking it because your body is it like doesn't know how to like on just a neurotransmitter and also a, a hormonal level as well it's 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 not able to function uh hopefully as well as it as, as it does so I, I think that's i think that's yeah. in parallel that is true i didn't think of that until you just said it but it is so true because there are so many hormones involved with your mood obviously yeah. And so outside of like your sex hormones, obviously like your serotonin, melatonin, all of those are greatly affected by medications, especially antidepressants. And so, yeah, it's the same concept. You know, your body becomes reliant on just knowing it's going to get those hormones yeah. that it doesn't create its own anymore. I mean, it makes sense that it happens. And I think in some situations, you know, short term, it's probably a great thing, yeah. whether it be antidepressants or 
birth control or whatever it may be, but long-term they just haven't really, a lot of doctors haven't really understood the fact that like it does have a lot of negative effects. And, And unfortunately, you know, I'm dealing with, with that, but it's, it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity for me to educate people, to share what I'm struggling with and to help other women feel better about it. And I do wonder, do, do a lot of men not talk about it either? I feel like it's probably really taboo with men. Yeah. I mean, talking about feelings is taboo. So let alone, you know, talking about hormonal imbalances, like what the fuck? So yeah, but you know what? It's improving. improving. And uh, I have faith. I have faith in the the men, (laughs) but uh, it's, we're definitely (laughs) lagging behind in terms of, uh, I think development and in so many areas. So I, I bow, I bow down to uh, the bravery that, that, uh, women uh, present and all of the uh, obstacles that they are able to persevere through. It's inspiring, but I think we're catching up. We're doing okay. Uh, I try my best to be an advocate and speak up about it. So we'll see. We'll see who joins the boat anyway. So yeah, I think this was in 2017, kind of going back to that year. You said that you were also a very giving person, which is an amazing thing, but kind of like what you were saying earlier, like even tracing it back to when you were being bullied as well, just sort of like constantly worrying like what others are thinking and you know i and i can relate that so much just like just trying to be a people pleaser like it's it's still something i i struggle with at times um but it can definitely give it just produce so much anxiety and it can really put you kind of in a bad mood because you know you're being stressed all the time and it's like sometimes every little thing just seems like a big thing what had to like change in your mindset to really allow you to actually be able to put yourself first yeah that's a really tough topic, you know, anxiety and trying to focus less on everyone else. I think a lot of people struggle with it and just don't even know how to talk about that too. And for me, it's just in my nature. It's just who I am is just worrying over other people, caring about other people, making sure everyone's taken care of. It's something that I've just always, you know, dealt with. It's just like the way that I am. Yeah, yeah. It's just my natural reaction to everything is I just want to make sure everyone's good, everyone's taken care of, everyone's happy, blah, blah, blah. And last year when I like made that commitment to really focus more on myself and get myself in a better place, I had to learn how to say no to people. And saying no to people is so scary when you're someone who's a people pleaser. And it was really hard because I had to back down a lot of things. I was spreading myself so thin that I wasn't giving myself any time to even focus on me or even worry about my own problems. And so I had to start scaling back my work. I had to start saying no to potential clients. I had to start making more time in my day for myself, even if that meant like mapping out 30 minutes of just me time. And, you know, I read a lot of books and tried to put my head in just like good positive places. I got back into church. I seriously like made a huge shift with just trying to get my mind right because it can be so hard to focus on yourself when you're so used to focusing on other people. But I think that um, a lot of times when people struggle with that or myself anyway, when I struggled with that, it was because my mind just wasn't strong enough to realize that I was worth it. You know, it was worth it to like give myself that time and, and to say no to people or say no to things that don't make me grow. And to get there, I had to get reinforcement from positive 
thing. So whether that meant church or a counselor or yoga or whatever it was, I just had to do more like parasympathetic kind of stuff to get in that place so that I wasn't always so anxious and upset and worrying over everybody else. Just trying to get my brain to shut off, I guess. Yeah. No, I love that. And thank you for once again, being very open and honest about that experience. I think that's really helpful. You also said, and I'm going to quote you again, because I love doing that. You're just so, you're so articulate in, in your posts and your language, which is really cool. So I get to quote, it's really easy. Anyway, all right, here we go. So you said, quote, it isn't fun when we feel like we're moving in the wrong direction. It isn't easy when we let our emotions take control. It's difficult when we cannot see the work we're putting in. What does it mean to pursue a stronger self? I think it took me a long time to realize that in certain situations. I was just kind of hoping at times that it would just fall into place and it would fall in my lap and then everything would be better. And it wasn't until I finally would realize, um, Ashley, nobody is going to do this. Then I have to take ownership of it and I have to do it on my own and do it myself because first of all, nobody's going to care about it more than me. And secondly... I can rely on myself more than anybody else anyway. <laughs> and, and thirdly, like, I always ask myself, I'm like, if not me, then who? Like, if I don't do it, then who's going to do it for me? And 90% of the time, I don't know anybody that's going to do whatever it is that I need for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that answer. No, no. And I think that self-reliance is, is definitely huge. And I, I think that also comments sort of about the idea of sort of trying to evolve out of like a victim standpoint. And that's not to like devalidate someone's struggles, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm in full support that if you really do want to change your life, you have to take it into your own hands. Like no one can really do that for you. Cause, uh, and, and again, like you, I, I do think it's important to have advocates like we talked about in your life, people who can support you, but you can't ever rely on, on someone to help change your life because they're, they're not going to, it's, it's the, the only person that you can really do is yourself. So, I mean, I, I agree with that so much. So thank you for sharing that. And I know that that comes from a place of very deep truth. Where can people follow you on social media and kind of see more about who you are and what you offer and just the amazing presence that I think you, you bring to this world? Yeah. So I'm really big on Instagram. That's kind of my, my place. That's where I share everything the most. So my Instagram is Ash Nordman, which is A-S-H-N-O-R-D-M-A-N. And then um, you can find me on my website as well, which is microsmatter.com. And that is my business. Um, but if you just go to my Instagram, the link to my website is in my bio also. You can find me on Facebook, Ash Nordman. That's me. And um, yeah, you can reach out to me any way that you prefer. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on here and I hope you have a good day. Thank you so much, Caleb. It's been awesome to, to talk with you. Hey guys, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Stronger Self Radio. If you liked what you heard, please give this podcast a good review as doing this will help get it out to more people and help grow this movement as a whole. If you want to find out more information, go to the strongerselfmovement.com to find out how you can get involved today. Join the movement. Together, we can pursue a stronger self.